clarify something very quickly. <laughs> I am not a, a um, lecturer or an advanced preacher or anything else exciting. There is nothing special about me except for the fact that I'm a child of God. Yeah, and if no you more. needed any proof of this, I almost forgot my notes this morning. I forgot I'm supposed to have a pocket to stick this thing in and that long hair doesn't work with the microphone. So <laughs> if you need any more proof about how this is going to go. Anyway. Um, it's a joy to preach after baptisms. They've done half of my sermon already, and yeah, just what a joy to celebrate it. And um, it, it's amazing. It amazes me always how the Lord does this. It shouldn't, but it does. How when whatever we're going to preach about is actually spoken of so much in what already has been covered. You'll find when I get to actually speaking about the Christianity part of things later, the worship songs spoke of almost everything I'm going to speak of. And the testimonies, well, thank you, Dave. The testimonies um, pretty much summed up a lot of what I'm going to say as well. So um, the Lord is faithful in how he speaks. So today we are dealing with the question in our big question series of what about other religions? Um, and effectively this question boils down to more so, is there only one way to God? And is that way Christianity? Uh, we're going to look at a few things uh, to try and paint that picture a little bit more clearly. Um, firstly, just looking first and foremost why we have religions. Uh, do we even need them is often a question that we're asked. We then always want to know as Christians what the Bible has to say about it, because if it's not in the Bible, it becomes pretty irrelevant to our faith. Um, Christianity needs to be different, and Christianity cannot be exclusive if it is the way to God. So... I think a point to make before anything else is simply that this question, yes, is asked of, of Christianity, but it should in fact be asked of any religion. All the big questions that we've been asking, uh, that's the truth in them. Um, and so the reality is all religions cannot be equally true. Um, if, they, if they were, it would just be completely illogical. And so the question is, how do we actually figure out which is the truth? How do we establish what is true and what is not? And um, strangely enough, I'd like to do, start doing that by stepping back from Christianity for a little bit. Um, and starting, before we even start the question of why is Christianity the way, um, it's tackling which religions we have and why we even have religion in the first place. So... A really important concept for us to recognize is that every single person practices a religion. Uh, because they make a decision of how they relate to God, including deciding not to relate to him at all in the case of atheists, every single person does make a decision of where they stand on the, on the topic of religion. Um, a quick Wikipedia search, which maybe isn't your most accurate, um, guesstimates that there's between 4,000 and 10,000 different religions in the world. You will be happy to know we are not going through all of those this morning, maybe next week. But um, there was an interesting survey that, that came from 2012 from the Pew Research Center, which gives us a breakdown of the world's religions um, in their major groups. Uh, Christianity is the big, oh, the point works, there we go. Christianity is the big blue block, Islam is the, the red one, um, and then Hindu, uh, Hinduism comes in as the third largest um, religion in the world in terms of number of people that practice it. Actually, what I wanted to show from this is not that, but if you look at the little green slice, that's atheism. Um, and so it approximately accounts for 2.5% of the world's population's beliefs, which is really interesting because even if we account for the last 10 years where the Western world, yes, maybe has become a little bit more atheistic, a huge significant portion of the world still believes in a higher power. 
um, even outside of Christianity. And, and that's really important because when we look at that and we look back through history, we recognize that even the earliest civilizations that are known to us show evidence of worship. Um, I'm going to dip our toes back into the Christian worldview very quickly just to establish why actually we see this picture. It's simple. We were created by God. We were created for a relationship with God. And all of creation testifies to this creator. In Genesis 1.27, we're told that we are created in God's own image. Our own intrinsic image gives us um, an aspect of understanding God. Um, there's a beautiful verse in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that says how God has set eternity in the human heart. Intrinsically, we are created with something inside of us that longs for something greater than not just this world, for something eternal. Um, and finally, in Romans 1.20, we recognize that God has revealed himself, his existence, his power, his glory. Um, they've been, um, have been clearly seen and being understood from what has been made. Um, and so every single person has at least had some form of revelation of God simply through creation. So if, we, if we've effectively established that we have religions because of this inbuilt um, leading us to worship, the next question logically then comes is how on earth do we filter through the 4,000 odd religions that we have? It's the question of do we even need to filter through them? Um, can't we just pick one, be really faithful in, in our following of that religion, um, and we'll end up in the same place, right? This is the question that's asked in our world often. Um, aren't religion, all religions effectively just the same, different paths up the same mountain? Um, this is where ideas like the golden rule comes in. Uh, some of you may have heard of it, and it's the concept that all major religions essentially assert the same thing. As Christians, we would recognize it as do unto others as you would have done unto you. If we look, it's the primary teaching of primary teaching of many religions, both um, polytheistic religions and um, monotheisms, all have versions of this. And so it's not surprising, considering we are the pinnacle of creation, we are made in the image of God, and so the golden rule that spreads across every religion is that humans should be treated with utmost value. However, there's a huge risk in this over-simplification. Over from this perspective, it certainly looks like we're all heading up the same mountain. This is from South Africa, since I'm from the South, I had to bring it in. It's part of the beautiful Drakensberg mountain ranges. Um, and yeah, you can see loads of little different parts going up to the same summit. However, as soon as we broaden our perspective and look at the concept of religion for more than one element, it becomes impossible to ignore the fact that different religious teachings are actually just incompatible with one another. And so if we had to use this mountain analogy, what we would be saying is we're trying to reach the same summit by different paths, but we happen to be starting on different continents, going in different directions, using different maps and different equipments with a very different goal of what the summit actually is. Not only does that make it seem impossible, but it just renders it completely illogical. So, if we take a, I don't want to label the point, but it's really helpful actually if we look at this um, for our own understanding and in sharing it with others. 
Um, if we look at this concept from just a single point of view in where religions differ, and we're going to do it with the view of God, um, we, we can work through a simple process of elimination that brings us to the point of needing to make a decision one way or another. So if we firstly start, um, either there is a higher power or there isn't. Both can't be true. Um, and so if there is a higher power, that rules atheism out because atheists believe there is no higher power. Um, at this stage, given that we've established from the, that they're 2.5% of the world's population, I'll leave it to them to prove what they say differently at this stage and we'll carry on with the majority of the world um, that there is in fact a higher power. Then it comes to, so agnostics, um, are a little bit more offensive. They don't necessarily believe that there's not a God, but they do believe that you aren't able to prove if there's a God or not, so they're just going to hang out in the middle ground and see what happens at the end. Um, and so in this factor we can look at, well, either a higher power can be known or it cannot be known. It can't be a bit of both, once again. And so we've already recognized that all of creation testifies um, to, to evidence of the Creator, and so we can effectively rule atheists and agnostics out. Sorry, guys. Good. Alrighty. We then get into the debate of um, monotheism versus polytheism. Um, basically, either there are many gods or there is just one god. Again, it's simple rational thought is you cannot have it both ways. Um, and, and the reality is just when you scrutinize the monotheistic faiths, their, their arguments just hold far more water uh, than the polytheistic faiths do. And so that rules polytheism out. I'd love to go into more of the faiths in much more detail, but we don't really have time today, and it's hot and long enough, so I won't keep you here longer than you need to be. Um, and so that effectively leaves us with the three monotheistic faiths, um, and in their teachings, they are all fiercely monotheistic. They leave no room for, for polytheism. Um, and so some would say, well, maybe this is great, we'll all just, if it's monotheistic, it is just one God, let's just stick with that one God, we can do it in slightly different ways, and that would be great, except yet again, it doesn't make sense, because they teach different things. One of the most significant places they will come to pass is at Jesus, big surprise. Um, but they all have very different um, beliefs in Jesus. So Christians obviously believe that Jesus is our saviour, and that he rose from the dead. Uh, Muslims believe that Jesus was a great prophet and that he was taken up into heaven, but he was definitely not our saviour. Jews believe, well, they believe Jesus died and remained dead, and they're not really sure that he's a significant figure in the East, so Jesus is kind of irrelevant to them. And so, once again, they all become mutually exclusive. Um, and we've done this really quickly, and I've tried to make it as simple as possible, uh, just looking at one topic. But when you do it over and over again from multiple points of view, you get to the same conclusion and you just realize that the argument of all religions leading up the same mountaintop just disintegrates in itself. We didn't even need to really bring Christianity into it. And so, I mean, that leaves us at the point now, well, if we have these three monotheistic faiths, how do we then choose between the three of them that then have very different views? How does Christianity in specifics hold up to this? There's three basic criteria that when we examine any of the monotheistic faiths, they need to stand up to in order to just logically again um, be the truth. Firstly, it needs to claim to be the only way to God. 
This sounds strange to our ears that are used to polyethism, but the, the, the logic side of it effectively renders if you don't claim to be the only way, you could follow another way. So why is your way necessary? It makes itself intrinsically unnecessary. Secondly, the faith needs to be fundamentally different to all the others. If it's just more of the same, why on earth do you need to do it that way? Just do it the other way. Um, and so if it creates this intrinsic force of needing to choose one over the other. Faith finally also needs to be available to every, every single person. If there is only one way to God and God wants relationship with us, there is no way that faith can excuse anyone because otherwise it wouldn't be the only way to God. And so I'm going to work through these from the Christian worldview, um, explaining why Christianity actually explains all of these most efficiently. So let's look at Christianity. Does Christianity claim to be the only way? You will be very relieved we do not fail on the first uh, question. It is very clear through Christianity. Uh, Jesus says it clearly, uh, Peter says it clearly, and Paul says it clearly. In John 14, 6, Jesus says to us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, Peter puts it like this in Acts 4.12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Paul says it in his letter to Timothy in this way. Um, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. It's pretty much an emphatic yes. It doesn't leave much room for debate. And as the wonderful C.S. Lewis puts it in Mere Christianity, I couldn't have a preach without a C.S. Lewis quote in it, so forgive me. But um, as he puts it in, in people saying, I'm ready to accept that Jesus is a great moral teacher, but don't accept his claim to be God. Um, we have to recognize that a man who said the things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. Um, he would either be crazy or something worse, um, and you need to make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. Um, but let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He did not leave that open to us, and he did not intend to. The Bible is very clear where it stands. Right. So the next thing we have to look at then is, is Christianity fundamentally different to all other religions? I think personally this was a big sticking point for me because the Bible can claim one thing, which is great, and other religions will say, yes, but that's what the Bible says. But the reality is, even comparing it from outside, if Christianity doesn't stand up to this in being intrinsically different to every other faith, it loses all its power. Roger Carswell has a, a great book called Brilla um, Christian, and he puts it in this, this way. To put it very basically, all religions outside of Christianity are a list of do's and don'ts. They aim to bring a person up to God. They are all about what we must do to save our lives or reach heaven or its equivalent. True Christianity is different. Instead of us trying to reach God, Christianity is about God coming down to us. Romans 5.8 puts it like this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the amazing truth of Christianity that sets it apart from all, oh sorry, I skipped this right there. Um, that sets it apart from all other religions, ideas, formulas, or sects. 
It's not about what we have to achieve, but rather what God in Jesus has achieved for us. Yeah. It's really helpful. It's also helpful to recognize that Jesus is actually unique amongst all the religious figures of every other religion. Jesus is the only one who ever claimed to be both fully God and fully man. Um, so God was partially revealed in creation and fully re revealed in Jesus. Jesus is also the only one who claimed to be saviour and then had the actions to back it up. And Jesus is the only one who was resurrected and lives on. Every other major religious uh, leader has passed away. Good. Thirdly, we then need to, we then need to um, question whether this faith, which stands up to the first two questions, is actually available to everyone. This is probably one of the biggest questions we get in Alpha, or it comes up a lot, is the question of, yeah, but Christianity is exclusive. And it is, but all monotheism is exclusive because it excludes all other gods. And that's a really important difference to distinguish. It's to recognize what is Christianity actually exclusive of. In, um, in 1 Timothy 2, uh, Paul is teaching about praying for all people um, and it's really helpful because he tells us to pray for all people um, because this is good and it pleases God our Saviour who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all people yeah. this has now been witnessed to at the proper time the reality is, yes, Christianity is exclusive of all other gods, but it's also been described as the most inclusive, exclusive thing. Because, yes, it's exclusive of other gods, but it is inclusive of every person. They just have to make the choice, yes or no. So, this does bring one more question to light, which I'm going to go through quickly because we've got a little bit more time. What about those who have never heard about Jesus? Because this is a natural follow-on question if we say that Jesus is available to everyone. And it's, the, the reality is there's not such a straightforward answer to it as the previously things we've gone through. And the simple reason for that is it's actually a bit of a hypothetical question because you can only ask if you've never heard, what about those who have never heard about Jesus if you have in fact heard about Jesus. If you hadn't heard about him, you wouldn't know to ask about him. That being said, we can imagine that there may well be people in this world who have not heard the name Jesus. We also know that people were born before the full revelation of God in Jesus. And so the beauty is there is a lot of evidence that actually gives us a convincing argument for that. And I'm going to go through those, some of those quickly. We've already established that he was revealed in creation, so everyone has at least been exposed to God um, or the knowledge of him or received in part a revelation of him. Secondly, we need to remember that Jesus is fully God. He was fully man when he was on earth, but he has always been fully God. So any person who has had a revelation of God has also had a revelation of Jesus. We can examine things we know about God. We know his unchanging character is always just. In fact, God is more just than we will ever be able to be. We know that we will all experience his judgment at the end of time, and we know that this judgment will be just. In Romans uh, 12, 3, Paul speaks of it as this, that we should judge ourselves in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of us. 
this is how he teaches us to judge. He teaches us how we will be judged in the in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, that each of them were judged according to what they had been given. And if this is how he teaches us to judge, it's not hard to imagine that he will judge us in accordance with the amount of faith he has also given us. We also have many other examples. We can examine God's past behavior. Abraham, the founding father of the Jewish faith, in Romans 4 is described as Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. We have the story that Jesus tells in Luke 18 of the uh, tax collector who admitted before the Lord that he was a sinner versus the Pharisee who all he simply prayed was he was glad he wasn't like the tax collector. And Jesus told his disciples that it was the, the tax collector who went away justified before God. We can examine teachings throughout the New Testament in light of afterwards. Um, Ephesians uh, 2.8 teaches us that it is by grace we have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one, um, no one can boast. Our salvation and faiths are free gifts from God, given by the Holy Spirit, and there is no one that the Holy Spirit can't reach. Um, the testimony this morning, uh, the baptism was probably the most beautiful way of putting it. Jesus came and found me. And that's true for every single one of us. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to quickly just share um, two more things to kind of come into land. Um, the reality is, I answer this question not because there's anything special about me. I answer this question because this is the faith that we have, and each of you have had that same revelation. Um, the other reality is that um, it's incredibly sobering, but as Christians we have zero room for arrogance. We are saved by grace through faith. We are in as much in need of a saviour as anyone else in any other religion. And so when we share our faith, it is never about needing to win an argument. If that's your heart for sharing your faith, you've already lost. I'm going to say that very clearly. Our heart is we share the freedom we have been given because we long for others to know the same freedom. Um, it's also why we share it in the first place. I mean, the reality of sharing the difference of Christianity to any other religion can be difficult sometimes because people don't want to hear that there is only one way. And we don't necessarily want to feel like we're forcing our beliefs on other people. Yet, if these um, questions carry truth and life consequences, it is an act of love to share our faith. Um, yeah, that's basically all I needed to share, basically, actually. Um, I just wanted to encourage you. There is great freedom in sharing it. We share because we have freedom. Maybe that's the last point. We share because we are free. We also share with the freedom that we have to know that ultimately it is up to God. You are not responsible for the salvation of others. And that freedom allows us two beautiful things. We can share without needing to pressure them. And we can also share knowing that they may reject Jesus, but we are still able to love them in our freedom we have in Him. Thank you. Thank you.